Welcome to Backlog Books. In this podcast, I will be recapping and discussing what I've been reading lately. My name is Kara. Thank you for joining me, and please be prepared for some spoilers. It's already the end of January. I like to take time at the end of the year and the beginning of the new year to reflect on how the year has gone and maybe think about things to change going forward. Especially with this podcast, um, looking at the last year and a half of episodes where I talk about over 50 books, I realized I was mostly reading books written by white Americans. Only two of the books I've talked about have been written by people of color. And I always say that you should think about what you're reading And that means more than just thinking about the content of a book, about what it says. It should also apply to the context of the book, to who wrote it and where it comes from. So going forward, I'm hoping to read more diverse books. I'm not going for a specific number or percentage. Setting that kind of goal doesn't really work for me. I just want to go forward with the intention of seeking out books written by more than just white Americans. Let's get started. This time we are talking about David Mogo, God Hunter by Sui Davies Okungboa. Here is the summary. Since the Orisha War that rained thousands of deities down on the streets of Lagos, David Mogo, demigod, scours Echo's dank underbelly for a living wage as a freelance god-hunter. Despite pulling his biggest feat yet by capturing a high god for a renowned eco-wizard, David knows his job's bad luck. He's proved right when the wizard conjures a legion of taboos, feral godling child hybrids to seize Lagos for himself. To fix his mistake and keep Lagos standing, David teams up with his foster wizard, the high god's twin sister, and a speech-impaired Muslim teenage girl to defeat the wizard. This book was published in 2019. Our author, Suyi Davies Okungboa, was born in Nigeria in 1989. He got a bachelor's degree in civil engineering and later an MFA in creative writing. In 2021, he joined the English Department of the University of Ottawa in Canada. David Mogo, God Hunter, is his first novel and won a NAMO Award for Best Novel in 2020. He has a new book, Son of the Storm, published in 2021, and the sequel to that is expected to be published in the summer of 2022. The story is similar to what I think of as supernatural procedurals. Technically, the genre is urban fantasy. What this usually looks like is there's a bounty hunter or private detective, whatever, who gets hired to take care of a supernatural threat. It's usually a small one, like a a tiny vampire infestation or a goblin in your basement or whatever. The hunter usually has a supernatural aspect to themselves. They're part vampire or a wizard, and it turns out they were hired as step one of a big evil plot, or they uncover a big evil plot, or 
like a noir detective, an eldritch horror walks in and has too many legs to comprehend and needs their help. The solution to the problem usually requires the protagonist to embrace the supernatural side of themselves. I do really like urban fantasy, actually. I just don't read a lot of it because a large percentage is highly questionable romance, urban fantasy. Call me crazy, but I just don't find reading about alpha werewolf vampire dudes very interesting. This book is set in Lagos, Nigeria. So Akata Witch, which I talk about in episode 32 of this podcast, is also set in Nigeria. So it was cool for me to see the similarities between the books and thereby learn things about Nigeria. I don't know very much about different African countries, and I feel silly being excited to learn little details But this was part of why I wanted to read more diverse books, so I could see different places and from different perspectives. I had trouble with some of the dialogue. The official language of Nigeria is English. The reason for this is British imperialism. So it's not—I wouldn't call it a positive. The point— of me bringing that up, is that some of the dialogue in this book is Nigerian pidgin. If you've never heard of them, pidgin or creole languages are cool, and they're they're a bridge language. The idea is that speakers of both languages, let's say English and Yoruba, will be able to understand the bridge language. And Actually, because there are so many other languages spoken in Nigeria, people from different ethnic groups like the Yoruba or the Igbo use it differently. And I wish that I had looked that up beforehand because it would have helped me when I was reading. This is an instance where I think listening to the audiobook would have helped me understand what they were saying rather than trying to read it on a page. I'm including a link to the Wikipedia page on Nigerian Pigeon. It's not very scholarly, but it has a, a few examples that will help you with the dialogue if you decide to pick this one up and, like me, have no familiarity with Nigerian Pigeon. Also, I looked up the pronunciation for all the names uh, and have been practicing But also a lot of the guides I looked up said it's just impossible to say these words right unless you were raised speaking the language. So I did my best. I hope my pronunciations aren't too bad. Okay, linguistics are fascinating and I could spend a long time on that. But I guess instead I should talk about David Mogo Godhunter. This book is split into three parts, each named after an aspect of our main character, and each part almost reads like a separate novella. David Mogo begins the book as a simple god hunter. Okay, it's not that simple. Something like ten years ago, gods fell in Lagos. The city is almost destroyed now, people scattered away from the epicenter of the gods' fall. No one knows why it happened. One day, the gods fell from their realm, along with creatures called godlings. Godlings don't have the power a high god does, 
but they're still dangerous to humans. Most godlings and gods are isolated on one of the islands surrounding Lagos, but occasionally they wander into more populated areas, and that's where someone like a god hunter comes in. Our main character, David, is a demigod. He was raised by a wizard and has no idea who his godly mother is. He's spent his whole life trying to blend in as much as he can, to make a home for himself among humans. But when the gods arrived, his whole life changed. So now he hunts down godlings. He has to do something to pay the bills. He's hired by a very rich wizard, Lukman Ajala, to capture twin high gods. Usually, David's job is to remove godlings. He returns them to the place they fell away from humans. Capturing two high gods is a different beast entirely. David captures and delivers one of the twins, Taiwo. On delivery, David is having Star Wars-level bad feelings about what's going on in Ajala's compound. But he needs the money, so he shrugs it off. Before he can hunt down the second twin, Kahinde, she shows up at his house and demands to know what he's done with her brother and why he's helping a man like Ajala. Obviously, Ajala has nefarious plans that must be thwarted, and it's tied into why the gods fell. Ajala, in addition to being a powerful wizard, is being possessed by a high god. David has to face Ajala and try to stop what he inadvertently helped start. One of the things I like is that David never fights alone. He has help from Papa Udi, the wizard who raised him, and he has friends in the supernatural police force. He teams up with Kehinde as well, since she wants to rescue Taiwo from Ajala's clutches. And together they defeat Ajala the man. The god possessing him, however, Aganju, escapes. Part two is called Firebringer. And it's about unlocking David's god powers. Like I said earlier, he's spent his whole life trying to blend in to be more human and less godly. But he and his friends know more danger is coming. Aganju is not going to give up on his quest. With help from the twin gods Taiwo and Kehinde, David begins delving into who he could become and what he can do. Early on in part two, he's separated from Papa Udi and the twins and begins connecting more with the small groups of people living in the remnants of Lagos. David's been pretty isolated, but now he's seeing the communities that have come together and made a home for themselves in the wreckage. He also meets more gods, including one who protects one of these pocket communities. There's a fun chunk of this where David gets a stereotypical epic quest riddle to solve, and he and his new friends spend a lot of energy trying to solve it, only for Taiwo to return and give him the very simple overlooked solution. David and his friends are pursued by Aganju and his allies and must hide until David grows strong enough to challenge him. Aganju has, at this point, taken over most of Lagos. Part 3, 
our final act is called Warmonger. We get to meet David's mom, and she's super cool. David has to come to terms with being a demigod, with the awe that humans around him regard him with. In the end, he must lead humans and gods together to defeat Aganju. But has he learned enough, grown enough, accepted who he is? And if they win, what happens to the rest of the gods? They're still stuck on Earth. What will the people of Lagos, who have mostly been abandoned by the Nigerian government, do next? Overall, I enjoyed it. David has that deadpan, snarky attitude you expect from a monster hunter paired with a big heart. It takes him so long to unlock God mode because he wants to belong among humans. He has to accept that he's more than human even if it means he won't have a home anymore. And finding home and family is a big part of this journey, with the gods trying to find a new place to live after falling, David existing in this halfway point between God and human, humans defending their home from invaders. Lagos may mostly be a pile of rubble, but it's their pile of rubble. If you like urban fantasy, I think you'll like this one. And if you want more media like this, you can try Trail of Lightning by Rebecca Rowanhorse. Join me next time to hear about A History of Wild Places by Shay Earnshaw. You can find the pod on Facebook at Backlog Books Podcast. You can contact me at backlogbookspod at gmail.com. The music is by Joseph McDade, and you can hear more of his work at josephmcdade.com. Thank you for spending this time with me. I hope to talk with you again soon.